Welcome to Streets, Sports, and Success with your host, Simon and Maurice. Let's go. What's up, gang? Welcome back to Streets, Sports, and Success with Simon and Maurice. And we are going to continue with the four agreements. And number three is going to be don't make assumptions don't make assumptions yeah. and this this one is is not an easy one yes uh a habit for people to break and you know i think these four habits that apply to life business relationships all of these are geared towards uh what makes sense as a person just living their best life yes and so in that you know in the third agreement where don't make assumptions you know this is one you got to train your mind because it's so hard to, you know, I think my goddaughter asked me the other day, she said, you know, do you judge people? You know, and, and uh, you know, I think the, the, the most common right answer to that is, no, I don't judge, you know, nobody. But I gave her the real answer. And, and I told her, I don't, I don't want to say I completely judge a person. I try to empathize and emulate and, and work with and, and uh, with everybody. I love on people and talk to people most people wouldn't even want to be around. But to say that if somebody's walking towards me or I'm meeting with somebody that I'm not within the first minute Sizing making some form of, a, of, of assumption, mm-hmm. you know, at times, uh, I would be lying. Yes. And, and so, you know, for the, the, the habit I had to break is – if, if you, a person delivers something some way or does something some way, assuming that they meant it to be disrespectful or they meant it to be uh, a certain way. And I think a lo- the way that I was able to, to, to start breaking that habit was to understand that not everybody is like me. So I think what we have a tendency to do is to perceive things the way that we would give it off yes. in the way we would mean That's for correct. that to be. So, for, you know, for example, somebody barge right in my office door uh you know i'm just standing there they don't knock they just walk walk right in the door to me making assumptions that oh this person just got no respect for me at all Mm -hmm. they just did but when i rewind the tape and understand not everybody is like me that person maybe to them they may feel if we super close i could do that you can they wouldn't mind if i walk right in their door yeah. they, they, so they thinking this ain't no big deal but in my head i'm thinking like we don't play that like we, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so it, I, I think you start to live a happier life when when you don't make assumptions and you give things time to play out and i think part of that is for me at least I, you know i can't speak for everybody but for me has been understanding that not everybody is like us and probably the way that you're digesting things is based on how you feel and how you would do things and the way that you would react. So you start making these assumptions that they feel the same way or that they should say the same thing or they think that the the same way. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, and this may be probably my hardest uh, agreement to take uh, because I make assumptions probably 90% of the time. On on how I think I'll put my thoughts on other people, you know what I'm saying, and I usually have to unravel uh, because I get myself riled up. You know what I'm saying? You'll assume somebody's doing something to you wrong, uh, and you'll take it personal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, breaking two out of four. Yeah, I'm breaking two out of four right now. Um, I, I do this a lot with my lady. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I'll I'll uh, purposely assume that she means something different than what she's saying 
uh, just to justify how I want to feel. Um, I'll assume a ton. I'll, I'll assume things from workers, you know, say who work for us. And literally, uh, I'm I'm wrong more times than I'm right. And it, it's oftentimes me having to catch myself. Uh, but that that is something I know that I have to work on. And, 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 it, and it stems from judging. Um, I think a lot of stuff for me and per, me personally, right, it stems from uh, incarceration. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I feel like there's a lot of um, uh, trauma of some sorts. Or, or what is that called? Post-traumatic stress, um, where you're always you, you always have a radar towards people. You're always Guard up. trying to see the angle. Guard you, up. You're always trying to see like, okay, what is he really saying? What is he really doing? Uh, what what is what is the what is the next move behind this move? What is like what what is like? You're always trying. survival. I mean, that was survival. So it's, it's survival mode. You know what I'm saying? But but that causes me to assume things that might not be you know what i'm saying and then um the growth and these are growth moments is is um analyzing what it was that you were trying to assume and saying yo reese you tripping you know what i'm saying so there's a, there's like a decompression phase i'm still going through to not be so um not take things so personal or not assume that things are going to go wrong or somebody means something hurtful or harmful to me and that's that's a, that's a work in progress how important is, you know, you think about communication in a relationship, whether it's business or, or, or a marriage or, you know, whatever. And so for me, I think an area that I'm still trying to improve at that helps in this regards is to clearly communicate mm -hmm. things. And especially in business, you, you ever make an agreement with somebody and, and the other person is like, well, well, you know, I thought when I hit this thing, I was supposed to get this promotion or, you yeah. know, you like, no, nah, that, that wasn't it at all. And so the way you perceived it and the way they perceived it, what both of y'all was making assumptions that the other one understood what you were saying. Yes. And so now it starts to, so I've, I've learned to, from a business standpoint, to start clearly communicating and writing things down. Yes. When things are written down, we can't go back on it. No. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, you know, like for example, Let's say we don't write this down and me and you have an agreement, okay? And that's in January. And now we're in October of that year, nine months later. And 90% of it is right, but 10% of it, we, we have a disagreement mm -hmm. on, Maurice, I thought you told me it was going to be this way. And you think it was supposed to be different, but we don't have anything written down. Anything tangible. I think the other person's natural response is to automatically make an assumption mm -hmm. that you're trying to screw me yes that you're trying to you know hurt me and so i what i've learned that has helped me with this is to try i try to over communicate yeah, yeah. uh up front you know how they say measure twice cut, cut once, once. Mm -hmm. you know i've just tried to not make assumptions that you get it not make assumptions that you understand not be offended or make assumptions that you know nine months from today we're both going to remember these things Try not to make assumptions that my, you know, my wife is feeling a, you know, a certain way. And, you know, and that's, you know, one we were joking about, you know, before, you know, the, the, just this week she was saying, well, you know, I used to, you know, if he, I'd walk around for a couple of days and my wife is opposite to me. So, you know, if, if, if something's on my mind, I'm like, I'm telling you right now, like, I got to tell you today, today. <laughs> her, if she's mad at me, I might not find out till next month. Pack it in the suitcase. You know what I, mean? I might not know till. <laughs> Till next month. So, you know, we were telling another couple because we've been together 10 years and, you know, we're still growing, but we've come so far. 
you know, gotcha. and, and the things that used to cost us drama don't cost us drama anymore. Things that would have cost us two weeks of an argument now don't cost us longer than gotcha. two hours. We may need an hour. You know what I mean? But it don't take as long. We used to just not talk for a week, you know, yeah. over, over the hey, stuff. Join the club. Both button heads. You know what I mean? And, and uh, two alphas. You know, nobody's backing down, you know. and, and Join the club. And so I've, I've learned, you know, we, we, we've worked on, instead of her just assuming that I know why she's mad, I have no clue. Why you know? And she's had points where she's come to me and told me stuff, and it's important to her. And I just start laughing, and she's she's mad. I'm laughing. I'm like, "Babe, if you just would have told me that, would have been. I would have fixed this long time ago. That's what it is. That's what we're mad about. Well, I thought you knew. I had no clue. You know. So I think from from a relationship standpoint to a business relationship standpoint, not only you not making assumptions, but just. Try to try to be as clear as you possibly can in, in with your communication uh, with with somebody else yeah, helps as well. I, and, I, and I would say just just to add value to the listener, um, just a straight value add to not be so cynical and negative towards other people. You know, and I, I know that's tough. You know, it's very tough because um, we, we all have these uh, positions where we take or we want to feel like people are against us. And I don't know the comfort. I think I think that's like a. Um, I think that's like an inner city thing that we create like these fake enemies, you know, chip it, on your shoulder. Yeah, it, it's it, it, but but we carry it and it can be a hindrance to to some degree if it's like okay, so just think about this. How many people have you seen put a post up uh about their haters, right? And they probably literally don't have a hater. You know what I'm saying? But they'll create this facade and they'll assume that people are doing something, but they'll they'll put a burden on their shoulders that doesn't necessarily need to be put there. Now, that's not to discount the actual person who's in the arena uh, getting real haters. You know, so then they, they have it. And that's like what you said. I put something in my heart and I carry Let it. Let it fuel you. Yeah. But but you have tangible success, right? You have like real success. But there's a lot of people who don't have any success, but they'll burden their uh, their journey by making up fictitious people or fictitious uh, moments Um like these uh, melodramatic moments where they have like this this huge opposition, but it but it's rooted in assumption. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's a it's a space that I fight to stay out of. And and, and the only reason I can talk like this because I'm ta- like I, I'll give this like most advice I give to other people is rooted in advice I've had to give to myself. You know what I'm saying? So I've been in these spaces where I've had to graduate mentally out of these. Hey, I got all these people against me. No, people are not against you. Like, actually, people want to help you if you're like a decent human being. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, like the lady I met from uh, Ohio State with you the one time that was hard on you in the train. We met her at Pitt when you oh, were speaking at Pitt. Oh, oh yes, you yes. Told, oh, like, she was one of the people yes. that was hard. Now, now you have a good relationship. So, with her. just a perspective shift. Let me give everybody a quick story. Stories are good, right? I'm gonna jump off topic. So. She was the uh, compliance officer. And for those who don't know what a compliance officer is, it's a person who basically enforces the rules uh, that a university has. And when I was um, uh, 18 years old, I wanted to do what I wanted to do, right? And she was just the one holding accountability. And I hated her because she made me follow the rules. You know what I'm saying? Or all the stuff that I thought I could get away with, she would always be right there like, I know that's wrong. And so I created in my mind and assumed in my mind that she was like my enemy. And she wasn't the enemy. She was just the person at the university doing her job. You know what I'm saying? And um, 
imagine this. And so that was 2003. I didn't see her again until 2000 and uh this was this last 13 year, no no 13 You've i seen, seen her, her thir- i seen her in 13 and as fate would have it this is like th- like this goes into universal um universal divine intervention sort of moments and so out of all the places i see this lady i pull up to the visitors lot at the ohio state football facility she pulls up to the visitors lot right and now we both have the credentials to go to the other gate or to other doors but we pull up in the visitors lot I get out the car, she gets out the car, I see the back of her, like her head, like she, like the back of her head, and she is getting out the car, and she turned around and she thought she's seen a ghost, right? So she's assuming that I'm- You hate her. I, but she's all, not only I hate her, I'm fresh out of prison, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just was coming to get her. That's <laughs> how she saw a video on you. Look. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so she's thinking, like, I, I can see it in her face. Like, you could just see it written on her face. And I said, oh, hey, how you doing? So I disarmed her by being nice to her, by co- being kind to her. Using that million-dollar yeah, smile. Yeah, I just, I, I was like, yo, like, we're not there anymore. You know what I'm saying? But that was a perfect example of somebody who's a good friend. I would consider a good friend now. Somebody who I assumed um, had so much. We got to stay on this topic because, this, I mean, I'm just feeling it because, this is see see the smile and when you talk tell yeah. the story, so many people can't do this. Can't get out of hold it. on to this no. anger. No, you got to get out. They can't have happiness. You know, yes. it's like yes, like yes. that soul same story. People that don't find right. success, they see her and they don't talk to her. And they somebody was asking me the other day. I went up to Mercyhurst, you know, where gotcha. I went to college, and I was kicked off of campus the last two years of of my college career. So I was only allowed to come. <laughs> for sports in class. or to go to class. I was not allowed on on campus. I couldn't have lunch in the dining room or, you know, none of that stuff. And uh, so the lady that, that, that was the head of all of that, her name was Laura Zirkel. And uh, now hey, she, hey, she's, Zirkel. she's, she's moved up. And uh, so, so the president of the university asked me to be on the board of trustees. So I'm on the board of trustees. Oh, okay. At, at Congrats. Oh, why did you tell me? And, Congratulations uh, on that. that no, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right? Here we go. We want to pass that over. Right. <laughs> We're not about to pass that over, my man. T- congrat, a formal congrats. You on the board of trustees? I didn't know that. Oh, there we go. You're funny. Thank you, man. Nah, that, so that, I, that's I get, a, that's a high honor, bro. Straight I, up. I get up there, and uh, you know, it's, it's cool. The, this goes with the don't make assumptions and, and all of that. The 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 pre, who's now the president was one of my teachers in school. He was the okay. dean, dean of business. I was rough around the edges. He took a liking to me. I, I mean, my memories of this guy. Victor is his last name, President Victor. Now, he was so cool to me and had most people, the way I dressed, the way I acted in his situation, and he owned a business, had a ton of money. He didn't act that way to me. And now, fast forward some years, I'm on the board, you know, with him. And it's a genuine relationship of us both seeing how far that we've come and me knowing that he just ain't cool to me now he was cool to me back then gotcha but so people start asking me they're laughing you know did you see laura zirkel you know how, how did they how does it feel that you was kicked off campus and, and you know and all back. this stuff and i was laughing with my coach who's still there you know the same coach that when i was there is still there and i was saying man I, I just i understand why i was kicked off campus not only do i understand i'm grateful that somebody went to bat for me to keep me at this school because I, it, I could have been kicked out of this school. Yes. And and instead of the bitterness, I, now I'm looking at like, I see she was just doing her job. Yeah, that's I would have did the same thing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yes. And, and so that, that, that 
ability to forgive and let go, I don't think most people have that. So where did you find that in yourself to lose that chip on your shoulder that everybody was out to get you? And, you know, this person did that to me to start looking and saying, you know, I got to hold myself accountable. I got I, I to change. You know, if I was in their shoes. I, I tell you, like this, these are just two short words in a self-discovery. And I think self-discovery and learning more about yourself and where you're lacking development. You know what I'm saying? Like in any place that you seem to have confusion in your life, that's kind of like your um, uh, like your check engine light coming on. You know what I'm saying? Like cars don't have check engine lights coming on unless they have like problems in those areas and the brakes in the engine and the uh, whatever. And mm. so I think your life is sort of like the same way when you have troubles or struggles or, or just things you can't get past. I think everything ultimately comes back to you in perspective. I think life is human perspective. I think all of life is in how you perceive the world or how you perceive your set of circumstances. Well, I love that example, Mo. Yeah, I'm being serious, bro. Man, I gotta get, I gotta get that, in, I gotta get that on paper, Giovanni. The, yeah. the, the, the check engine light comes on. These lights come, come on in advance right. before the thing blows up. Right. Just, just think about any, just think about any challenge you've had in your life, either be it with relationships, be it with people. There's uh, an emotional, a physical, and a mental feeling that is un, uneasy that happens, right? And the only way you get past something is, is if that, like, you perceive. Or, or if you lift your perspective up, you know what I'm saying? And you look at the things different. Like the circumstances didn't change. Like the event didn't change. It, the event was, it, it, bro, it was all perspective. And so you go from the victim mentality. And I think like that's, that's the poor man's mentality. The guy who doesn't have money Truth. blames it on the world why he doesn't have money. Truth. And he makes up why everybody um, is, is tricking or manipulating for him to get his. The guy who makes something of himself knows without a shadow of a doubt that it took a ton of work and his perspective was just different on how he perceived the circumstances. And so same set of cir- like same set of circumstances, like pr- prime example. Right. So we're in an office. Right. And f- for, for the eye who has the perspective to build this space out, this looks like a workable space to the guy who doesn't have the perspective on what he's going to build out in this space. It looks like just a bunch of objects that's around, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he can't see it. Like I, even before I came here, I wrote to a guy um, and I meant it. Um, and and this is this may sound hocus pocus to people, but it's, it's the real. You have to see it in your mind and believe it in your mind for in order or before you hold it in your hand. So true. And that is nothing. You got to have an architect draw up the house before you build it. Bro, you, you have but to. But you the architect. Bro, plain and simple, you're the architect of your life. But what changes perspective? Like your perspective on what's going on or what's going to take place and then your attitude behind it. Like so the perspective mm-hmm. is one thing, then the attitude and the belief that you put behind that and then the consistency is what manifests different results in your life. And so when you start like when you start to live out your future or live out your thoughts in the front of your brain, that's what becomes more important and you're driving a plan. So anybody who's successful for real, they're just living out their vision, their thoughts, their future in their mind, and they're driving a plan. And consistency, like you said. Yeah, cons- consistency. I think what, what, what people struggle with, with consistency, Maurice, is, you know, we mentioned that we're in this short-term world. Mm-hmm. And so consistency is like you plant a seed in the ground and you start to water it. In three weeks, you could be watering it and you don't see nothing mm-hmm. happening. And so this happens with people in fitness trying to get in shape. 
This happens with people in their business. This happens people in their relationships. Is they'll say, I'm doing everything right now. I'm doing everything right. And I've been doing it for a month straight. And I don't see any results. I don't feel anything. I don't see enough for the sacrifices that I'm making. And so they go back to doing what they were doing before because they get discouraged because they have this mentality of short term versus an investment, which is the wealthy type of thinking. Investment. I'm going to invest right now. And if you have a big investment, you make a big return. If you have a small investment, typically you have a small return. And so I have a big investment of of a a year. You know, me and you mentioned that. We said, you know, we don't get involved in businesses, you know, with people that are not willing to go a year, two years with a delayed result. Like if you need money right now, like you need this to turn in in 90 days, like we're not doing business with them because you put, then then you can't put the process in front and the process and the consistency is what leads to the results. When you need to, I got to have the money right now. We got to make sure that then you start to get off of Mm -hmm. serving, building, investing, all the things Mm -hmm. that really make something large. That's why you hear these stories of, of, of people like the, uh, dude on the MF CEO, you know, project yeah. and, and, and uh, uh, Andy Frisella, mm-hmm. you know, you'll say, well, I went 10 years, you know, where I didn't make, you know, more than X amount of dollars. Uh, the, the Gary V, you know, you'll mm-hmm. see him talking. I went 10 years where I, you know, I made $40,000 a year. I talked to Mr. Kafaro, you know, in Youngstown, mm-hmm. he got his own plane, wrote, wrote a check for his own jet and, you know, worth almost a billion. You know, yeah. I, I hear got malls. He sits there and tells me stories that, man, I paid myself a, a $150,000 salary for 20 years. Never took a dollar uh, over that. Just you know what I mean? Company. And kept investing into the deal. This is what people don't understand. They'll no. just see my man in the jet and smoking cigars wherever he wants and, you know, go, picking up people in the plane and, you know what I mean? And all, I think he, he, uh, he, he drove, uh, what, what's the guys that it was in Youngstown, played for the Titans and uh, played for the Buckeyes, big running back. Eddie George. Oh, Eddie George. So yeah. he's, I guess the uh, TC put him in the in the jet and took him home. Took him home. You know, oh. <laughs> so people see that stuff going on, but they don't see he took one hundred fifty thousand, just kept investing all the extra money in, into mm-hmm. his business. So, but but you but but that's so. I'm not sure that people understand that they even have a mentality, or what does my mentality consist of, or do I display the same mentality every day? Not and even looking at it. No. Not seeing how to no. it. The way that they think. People Man, don't think about what they're thinking about. No, not at all. E- even when you talk about an investment mentality, to have an investment mentality, but to use that investment mentality in all that you do, it's the it's the long term. It's the long term thinking. It's the long term relationships. It's the long term, uh, just just understanding that you're not working. I so was coming to get me, Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not just to understand you're not working for yourself. I, I even think that plays into it. So like. Even when I'm making moves, I'm making moves with the understanding that my daughter will inherit my moves one day. Truth. And that I don't need my daughter starting on first base. And I don't need my daughter trying to figure things out that I don't feel like figuring out. So if I have a hard task coming up, right? And uh, I think like financial independence is everything for people, right? Um, And I say to myself, like, you know, if I don't figure this thing out, I'm leaving it to some young guy who's going to impress my daughter. And I'm going to leave it to a guy who really may just look at my daughter like a sex object. Sometimes he may be interested in other stuff, but he has to figure this thing out for his family. Right. And so if I do that, I felt my daughter 
by not figuring something else out that I could teach her. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Think about it all the and time. And then our resources I can give her. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't give her those resources, it, oh, it, it definitely matters. And it's not to say that you want to raise your kids to be privileged. Is that you want to raise them to be a little bit further down the board, right? Because in America, we live in a a, a financial system. Whether you like, whether you like it or not, you can love God, you can hate God, you can be a, a Christian, a, a, a atheist, a Buddha. Uh, you can represent Islam, whatever. We still live in the American system where money matters, right? I know a lot of people say, oh, money doesn't make you happy. Money doesn't do this. Money doesn't do that. Bullshit. You need money Bruh, to I, live I, in America. I'm always on you that. Know, That's I'm, bullshit. I'm, yeah, it's bullshit. And, and it, it, here's why I feel like we could speak on this. We've been in both spots. Been in both spots, bro. You know what I mean? So yes. a lot of these people, I tell people, listen, you talk, or you only had this end of it. Or you've only had yeah. this end of it. Yes. I'm talking about when, when, when you've stood in a welfare line. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and 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 then you go to a completely different zone. Mm-hmm. You've had the chance to see it all. Yes. And, and live it all, really. And uh, we don't, I tell people, we don't get to make the rules. This is where people get, get themselves in trouble, too. Is, well, I don't feel like the speed limit should be that. Or I don't feel like this should be breaking the law. I feel like this should be legal. I should be able to just smoke a blunt in the middle of the street. Or, you know, I feel like I, well, I don't get to make the rules. No. Not right now. Mm-hmm. I just get to, you know, if I don't, if I break these laws and rules, you know, there's, there's consequences, consequences mm-hmm. to it. And so there's consequences to this type of thinking. Even if I feel That's a good one. it shouldn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, money shouldn't mm-hmm. be everything and you know all, all it. I've watched the complete opposite. And if I don't if I don't respect that law, and still it doesn't mean you lose your humility or you, you find your identity. You know, I tell people coming from both places, it's okay to have money as long as money don't have you. Yes. In the Bible, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil. It's when no. you love that more than you love your own children, your own wife, your own friends, that I'd blow your head off just for the money. Right. That's when we get ourselves in You're trouble. sick at that point. Yeah. Otherwise, you can do a whole lot of, of good with it. What resources? And let me tell you the story I use, Mo. Um, so I have a friend of mine that started off in his life, blue-collar family, not a ton of money, great people. Great parents. I mean, unbelievable people, man. I love them to this day. Got in some problems, got into a fight, had some issues, uh, didn't deserve this type of punishment, didn't have a lot of money to invest into law, attorney, legal. attorneys, mm-hmm. legal stuff, and uh, ended up with felonies. I mean, I watch people not get felonies for, for I mean, for stuff worse than mm-hmm. this. And it cost him years of his life and, mm-hmm. and, and blocked off things that opportunities, for, which will end up opening doors for him because it forced him into an entrepreneurial standpoint because he couldn't get a job, you know, mm-hmm. no, nowhere. And then I have another friend that I'm thinking of that. I mean, I'm talking about this dude's flipped his car, you know, wrecked into the storefront buildings and always wilding out on people. I mean, just crazy Tasmanian devil. You know what I mean? Never does any time in jail. I mean, maybe a day. Mm-hmm. Well, the difference is one set of parents got great hearts. And the other one got great hearts, too, but they got a lot of money, a couple mm-hmm. mil. Well, this person don't do time in jail and doesn't ruin the rest of his life. This one, at a young age, 20, 21 years old, barely knowing, good at, didn't shoot nobody, didn't, I mean, nothing major, mm-hmm. felonies. And so to, for me to ignore that money matters is just ignorant it, it's yes. the way that i want the world to be and not the way that the world is money matters brother well I, I'll, I'll tell you this man in order to 
get out of poverty, be out of circumstances that poverty creates to get away from um, and you, you don't have everybody. People, people in poverty have values and morals and work hard and all of that. But then there's another level of nonsense that comes when you're in environments where people are in survival mode. And the way I explain it um, is like this. You know, you don't even start to discover your life or begin to live until you get out of that survival mode mentality. Right. And you start to figure out things about yourself. You start to talk different. You start to say, hey, I appreciate you start to say, hey, I like to go to the park. Hey, I, I like to go um, and just do Sunday ice cream. And Culture. It's, bro, you start to live. But when you're in the hood or when you're in a place where you don't have your basic necessities, you know, um, and you get into the, I, I told you the other day, the lottery mentality, you know, say you need a quick fix. And that lottery mentality becomes a hindrance to you because everything needs to be a quick fix. So I need to make it where that investment mentality where you can let things be slow and play out and build them right and get the right context and you can grow things over a period of time. That's the mentality we ultimately all have to get to because we're in the American financial system. Whether you like like you said, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, we are in the American financial system. And where you want to live, where you want to shop, where you want to drive, where your kids go to school at, the environments they develop in, you need resources to do so. And the system is set up in a way that there's formulas to be very successful, which take a lot of work. There's formulas to live a middle class life and there's formulas to be poor. And I think nothing more than what we're saying is that uh, from being at every end of the spectrum, you understand the formula for each mentality. I understand the formula of how to live middle class. I understand a formula for how to live upper class and I understand the formula for how to live poor. And the whole thing is to graduate your mentality. And if certain parts of your mentality may be developed, it's just you doing like a personal analysis to be like, okay, that doesn't sound so bad. Or let me read the getting out of your comfort zone. Yes, sir. And, 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 you know, hanging around people, spending time with people that a lot of people would be intimidated by and saying, well, because they're, you know, I don't want to be, less than in this circle so i don't want to be in that circle, circle. Mm-hmm. instead of forcing yourself out of your comfort zone let's 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 move on to the last one so oh, the, the the fourth agreement um is going to be always do your best <laughs> and you know the the thing that stands out to me about this you know it sounds normal always do your best but depending on where you're at in life your best may be different based on what's going on in your life mm-hmm. so if you're healthy your best may be one thing. If you're sick, you got to do the best with what you have being sick, being ill, the best with your attitude and the best with what you can do. Right now, my right arm, I tore my bicep tendon. So my best is boxing with my left hand right mm-hmm. now. I, my best ain't what my best was four months ago, but I'm doing my best with the cards that I'm dealt. And so I think that's the way that you progress, you know, in life and in, in, in that agreement is just always doing your best. And, and the way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. everything. And so, you know, pouring your heart and soul into, into everything that you do. Do your best. You know, I've had the best compliment I get, man, is when I'm training at the gym and I have people asking me, what are you training for? What are you doing? Because they can see it. Because I'm getting it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, just life, man. But, but that, that's a mentality. That, 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 when I talk about mentality, I talked about it probably 10 minutes ago. It's the same thing, and it, I call it emptying my clip. 
right? And so just getting up every day, everything I have into what I'm doing. Like today, I ran today, right? And I didn't feel like running because I ran I ran five miles and did the Stairmaster for three more miles. And then I got up today, my legs were dead. Uh, but I had to tell myself, like, man, quit being a bitch. You know what I'm saying? And, and and don't take um, the moment uh, to just feel sorry for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And it's the mentality. But I know that mentality is going to show up elsewhere in my life when – um, you know, I, I, when I leave here, I got to go back and I'm, I'm, I got to work on uh, two projects that um, the skill set to get these projects off the ground aren't necessarily my best. You know what I'm saying? But in order for me to see these things through and get the right momentum and energy around them, I have to do them. But I understand that mentality of doing my best that I did running is what basically picks up and and, and, and I'm inputting into what I'm doing in regards to business. And yeah, and this is and it's just a way of life, man. And uh, and I think that once you learn how to win, or once you understand the results and the formula from winning, and you understand that nothing good from good, nothing comes from good but good, a positive attitude. Nothing comes from that, but it attracts that same thing. You start to think to yourself like, "Why well, fucking be a loser?" You know what I'm saying? It's, it's loser shit to not do your best. Like it really makes no logical sense that I would get you know up. Why you got up and did all that? Here's what people don't think about. You talk about stepping outside of that and, and, and thinking about it is I think that you start your day off in your life off when you do stuff like this, believing in what's coming back from this. Not only the release that you get, but you know, you started your day off doing what you said you told yourself you were going to do in your comfort zone when things got uncomfortable you know, that's what you need to do in order to be great. That's, that's, that's giving uh-huh. your best. If you skip that, you know, you've, maybe you've had a day in the last three years where you talked yourself out of it instead of into it, yep. which I know you talk yourself into it 99 out of 100 times. But in my, in, in my situation, it don't happen often. But mm-hmm. once in a blue, when I do that, my whole day goes shitty. The whole day. Yes. It's like a subconscious in my head saying, you don't deserve this greatness. You already started out negotiating on your dreams. You didn't do everything. You didn't perform your best this morning. Mm-hmm. You didn't put time into it. You didn't wake up when you said you were going to wake up and put time into the word the way you're supposed to put. And so it's like, but when I do the opposite, you know when, I, when I fight through that feeling of, of fatigue and mental and I do what I don't feel like doing and I start controlling myself saying, now nah, you're going to do this even though it's uncomfortable because 99% of the world in your situation would not do this. You want to be a part of the 1%, you got to learn to be a part of the 1% in everything that you do. I want to be a part of the 1% as a husband. I want to do everything that I could possibly do to put myself in that zone. I want to be part of the 1% in, in, in any aspect that I can. And so, you know, I think the reason why you start to do those things and win those things in the, in the moment and give your best and do those things is that you understand and you feel that whether you think about it or not. The way the rest of your day goes or the rest of your week goes when you start to do this stuff, it's hard for you to be at your best if you know you didn't give your best in that area. Man, you, you um, one, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, two, I do agree with the momentum that you create, either positive or negative. Um, and three, I just think that you, you lined up like how I feel about when I say some people are fucking champs or some people are chumps. You know what I'm saying? And it's a chump mentality to directly getting your own way of what it is you're chasing and i think a lot comes down to you knowing what you want 
you know, when, when, when we're talking about this, or when I hear you talking, uh, I think the man who wakes up confused or the man who's easily talked out of uh, a certain activity, uh, I think there's a direct correlation that if you ask him, what is it that he wants out of life or what is it that he's trying to pursue? I don't think he can give you a definitive a answer. Clear vision. Of why they're doing it. No, because I, I see as my vision for my life became more clear and I can wake up and you ask me, what are you trying to accomplish this day? I wasn't saying like, man, just trying to make it through the day or just trying to stay out the way, hoping trouble doesn't come my way. Uh, I wasn't thinking about nothing like that. Or I don't think about anything like that. I think about what it is that I'm going to get going to get. And I think when you have clear goals and it's clear as to what you're chasing, and I think you can see it, and you can feel it, and you can hear it, and you want to experience it. I think that's where the development of the man comes. I think that's the platform um, that you're trying to uh, manage correctly, and then once stored it correctly, I think God or the universe or whatever a person believes in, I think he rewards you and say, okay, now you're um, appropriate to handle these resources. And I think that that is that you is do the, good with the little. I give you a lot. Yeah, I, I, but I, but I think but but I don't think I, I think as um, I think we get in our way when we make it too much more complex. I think any man or any woman. Uh, I, let me say this. Let me say it in context. I think we all start out with different sets of circumstances, right? And I think the loser gets mad that he doesn't start further down the board um, as somebody else did. Like we can like claim where we like we couldn't decide whose vagina we come out of we can't do that right but we all come out right and i think that we all have something special inside of us or we have a gift or hilarious seriously yeah right um and i think that everything that you everything that it takes for you to get to where you ultimately want to get to is always masked as a challenge Right. And if you have big ambitions and big goals and big dreams and you start off a little further from that, the ability to figure that out and to master that test, just as a doctor has to go through four years of of getting his bachelor's then four years of medical school and three years of residency, that test is a little longer. But you see the rewards for that and him being able to hold on to that position comes from him being able to figure out how to navigate that. And I think people literally give up or they get complacent. They'll get to a place and they'll say, okay, I'm cool, you know, and it stops right there. And I think that people fucking die because they don't pursue. Man, listen, I was thinking as you were talking, you know, I remember when Tupac said, uh, a coward dies a thousand deaths, a soldier dies but once. And, And that sticks in my head a lot because, you know, I think as I age, I'm watching people that are, you know, ever hear the term dead man walking? Yeah. You know, I think they started people are going to electric chair, you know, yeah. dead man walking. I see a lot of dead man walking. They, they've already given up on their dreams mm-hmm. and they're just living life. They're, they're just like literally waiting to die. Yes. They're just smoking all day, drinking all day. Yes. Wasting time, giving up on their dreams mm-hmm. when they've been given a gift to do something more because they think that it's over with for them. Yeah. And, and, I want to challenge people out there. This this is, you know, doing your best. Ask yourself when you are listening to this, am I giving my best today? Mm-hmm. Am, am I, with the can that I'm dealt, am I going to max myself out? You know, one of the things before you walk into our agency meeting room I got from Tress is it's, this is our motto for 19. It's exhausting to be great. And so I think people, when they get exhausted, instead of, 
saying, ah, I like this feeling of five miles and three miles because I know I'm on my way to being great. They feel the feeling of exhaustion and think they're doing something wrong. I got to rest or I got to I got to do something else. I got to pull back. You need to we need to maximize like the parable of the talents. Like we have to maximize what God gave us for the amount of time on this earth that we have. I had the kids from from uh, that used to be in our youth program. One of them still at Inspiring Minds. I had uh, Kelly and the Keys, these young guys I I, I uh, work with from Youngstown, oh, yeah. and uh, they're cute trips. Yeah. And uh, they slept over, you know. Gotcha. And, and Kelly hits me uh, with the uh, Mr. Simon. You know what 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 is your biggest fear? And I mean, it came out of the blue. It had nothing to do with nothing. And my response came out so fast. I know it's what I'm. What, what, what's truly my my biggest fear? Going back to being broke. No. What? Dying before I have an opportunity to give uh, and make an impact on people's lives in this world the way that I think that I've that been equipped to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I want to make a big impact on this world. Because I feel like it's my only way to give back to God and others, mentors and others that have poured into me. Because it's given to you. Mm-hmm. Because it takes a village. And those people mm-hmm. poured so much into me that I feel like I just want to affect thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people. Because I've had the unique situation of, of living in so many different people's shoes. The reason why... You know, you'll see me hanging around a bunch of black folks and, and mm-hmm. a bunch of, you know, the, it's like I, I, I've been with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've literally lived with everybody. And I, I've, I've, I've been in juvenile. I've hung with murderers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, I literally have conversations. I go out to eat in Youngstown at times with people that everybody knows has beat murder cases. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and not to, you know, it's like, but I just, I've known them for 25 years and, and, neither one of us is acting a fool so yeah. we're, we're going to go to Nicolini's and Boardman together it, it's, I've, I've sat in, in, in broke bread with so many different groups of people I almost feel like I have a long way to go but for where I'm at I have so much that I can teach people so much that I can give people that I've learned through my mistakes and, <laughs> and, and growing my biggest fear is to not do my best and to not give uh, before I'm gone man what, what? What you're talking about is, I, I, I got to say that energy hit me the other day when I seen that person. I showed you the post that I got, and it's literally. Um, I, I think that there was there was some parts of me dealing with my own mental health and addiction that were satisfied through was done at the red zone, uh, but the totality of most kids, there's a lot of kids that are missed. You know what I'm saying because they don't fit the criteria to walk through that door. And then there are certain specifications with who you can deal with around that. Uh, but to be able to freely work and develop and share information with young people and to do it in a programmatic way and to uh, create the spaces, uh, because it's all spaces. Like it, it, when you look at when you look at development, when you look at people's the unfolding of life. Uh, what is the difference from the suburban communities than the inner city communities? And the and the one hundred percent difference is the space that people have to develop resources. It. Yeah, but 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 it's the space, right? So it's like fucking plants, right? You you can't grow uh, the appropriate flower of whatever kind if they don't have the right environment to grow in. Yeah. And like LeBron said the soil. Yeah, the soil. You yeah. know, it, and it's it's one hundred percent the environment. And if you can hog the hours. 
and create the space like so for kids if we wanted to teach kids in Youngstown uh, or wherever wherever America doesn't matter right um, entrepreneurship and go through a comprehensive program we couldn't go inside the school buildings to do that right if we wanted to teach kids literally about the insurance industry right we couldn't go into the schools and do that if we wanted to teach kids programmatically uh, our own basketball skills or football skills or engineering camps, we couldn't do that. We would have to basically use somebody else's facility and they would be controlled by the time and the place. But if you build something ground up and um, you have the space, you have the place, and you may know uh, or you may have a connection, even at, even at Mercyhurst, right? So you, you can ask yourself, like, how can I make a pipeline for this for kids in Youngstown to be scholarshiped? Uh, are there positions at your local hospitals that you're trying to fill? Is there some programmatic stuff that we can do here that can be a direct pipeline? You know, you're talking about adding resources and finances to people's lives and, and being in a position, being on, as, as the board of directors, to be able to see what are, what it is, what is it that we're recruiting and do we recruit from these areas? And, you know, you get some of these kids out of ran early college and, and some of these schools where these kids are high achieving. Like that, I think that's some of the greatest stuff that we can do because literally, like that, those sands are old for a reason. Like I, I'm only here because I stand on the shoulders of giants, right? There's nothing that I can say that I'm doing right now where I was just like, man, you know what? I just grind my ass off and I just opened every door for myself. And that's a lie. You know, it's a bullshit lie. You know True. what I'm saying? Um, even to how everybody knows me as an athlete from sports, I'm not. You gotta have a fucking line of receivers and quarterbacks and all this other shit, and even teaching people that, you, like, not should not that you're not important person, but you're not as as important as you may think that you are. Everybody's replaceable. Yeah, and everybody needs others. To to even make that a normal mentality. So I, I've always said this, man. I think that young people in general in the world, uh, or people in general, love development. And I think that in 2019, we're past that school and the church is the only places to develop. And I think that you can have a space where you can incorporate your faith, physical development, uh, mind, body, spirit. Mind, body, spirit, baby. Come on. I think there's spaces that need to be created for that. You put educational stuff on there. You put business on there. And I just think you can have uh, a large impact. I think I can have a large impact. I think there's other people who have that energy who can have a large impact inside of a beautiful space. I'm with it, brother. I'm with it. So concludes our I told you, point. Yeah, we can go on all this stuff all, all day. day. <laughs> passionate about it. So uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success with Simon and Maurice. We'll see you next time. <laughs>